I don't have a good relationship with it, and I need to eliminate that. Mm-hmm. Eliminate it. Otherwise, you know, it's going to be like it's going to be like trying to run in one direction towards the finish line, but always having something pulling you. You might make it, but what the reality is, you're going to be so exhausted from fighting, you're going to mess up and collapse. Hi, this is Shlomo Salson, the host of the Teenage Impact Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and specific strategies on how you as a teenage kid can overcome any struggles in your life. Whether you're going through anxiety, depression, relationship issues, being bullied at school, I have interviewed over 55 people from around the world on what they've gone through, how they overcame specific struggles, and how you can too. I have an announcement to make. I have finally released my powerful and life-changing online program, Building Resilience 101. Now, I understand as you as a teenager go through a lot of unnecessary stress, frustration, and challenges. I was there. I was bullied for 15 years. I lacked confidence. I always got laughed at. I wasn't good at anything, and I felt lost for a majority of my teenage years. Well, you don't have to go through the same challenges I did, which is why I came out with Building Resilience 101, which is a powerful and effective instructional video online course for teenage kids. Now, I've broken it down into three sections and eight modules. It's going to help you find your life purpose. It's going to help you manage your emotions when going through these rough times. And it's going to help you overcome whatever struggle that you're going through in life. I also include three bonuses. The first bonus is a bonus module on how you can monetize your passion. The second bonus is a monthly Q&A with me. You can ask whatever you want to in the realm of your course. And the third bonus is a private Facebook community with other teen resilient warriors who are taking this online program so you can network with each other and get ahead together. I want to give you 50% off of this course since it's a brand new course. And this 50% off is effective until the end of May. If you're interested in receiving 50% off, I want you to go ahead, DM me on Instagram, at Shlomo Solson, and the handle name is in the description. Today's podcast guest is Ed Lattimore. Ed it was introduced to me by one of my good friends, Armand Chaudhry, who was also the first guest on this podcast. Ed Lattimore is a successful entrepreneur, has a powerful brand with over 100,000 Twitter followers, and teaches hardcore life lessons from being raised in the projects, from not fitting in, to his alcohol problem, to going into college and dropping out, to being in boxing, to going back into college at the age of 29, and then building his successful brand that he teaches and inspires people from all around the world. And he's also the author of multiple books. In this podcast episode, we're going to not only talk about a Lattimore's story, but he's going to talk about how you can create success from limited resources and money, just like he did. So give it up for Ed Lattimore. Ed, thank you so much for joining in on this interview. Uh, I know you're tuning in from P- Pittsburgh. How's your weekend going? It's a pretty good weekend so far. Uh, you know, it's a Saturday morning, and, and I already got up and got a little workout and got some work done. Nothing too unique about my weekends relative to my weekdays, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's a good feeling. Yeah, I mean, now you're known as the successful entrepreneur. I know we have uh, a couple mutual friends 
and you have a huge brand. You're a successful entrepreneur. Before that, you were a professional uh, boxer, and then you went to college at the age of 29 to study physics. But I want to know a little bit about your childhood and how you were raised as a teenage kid. Yeah, um, I, th- I think my childhood is is full of uh, a lot of the things you would think when you think about someone who grows up in like a low income, high crime area, which is what I I did. I grew up in a in a public housing project, and yeah, would have been by a single mom and all that kind of thing. That 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 was life. So you you learn really quickly how to, to take care of yourself, and depending on your personality and lean, you you become friendly or or antagonistic. You know, I learned really quickly that allies are are, are better for you than enemies. So I, if, if I learned how to you know make friends and be relatively likable i still was pretty much uh, an outcast until i got to high school in mm-hmm. high school i was around a very different group of people and i was able to to you know express myself more and and that that had a pretty pretty good effect uh, on me i got to meet a lot of people who are my friends today but i also got to, to see a very different way of living in life something i you know i wasn't accustomed to and didn't know anything about until uh, i got to these places and and i had like i, I didn't know that like you know <laughs> everyone i knew was on, on the free lunch before i got to high school and i didn't even know you could you could pay for it if your family made a certain amount of money, for example, little things like that. But uh, it, it was it was a challenging childhood, but uh, it was a it, it, it's what I had to go through, you know, it's mm-hmm. what, how it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you, you were mentioning this before we started the podcast interview that you went to a different high school. And you're very fortunate um, to go to a really good high school. What were some of the challenges of trying to accustom um, who you are as a person and individual to fit in with certain friend groups? Well, that's already, you know, very hard for a kid, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's probably like the hardest thing that the kids go through is figuring out their identity. And, and for me, I mean, I, I, I had my tendencies and my personality from where I came from compared to who and what I was trying to become mm-hmm. there. And it was, it was different. It wasn't, I mean, it, the, the challenges are, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. I mean, you, it was like being transported to a foreign land in many ways. I mean, you, you think and act one way your whole life. And yeah, you know, it's not really that. I mean, I had enough awareness. I had enough awareness to at least select a different high school to go to. But uh, when you get there, it's really different. You realize that, that you know, there, there are no, the common experiences, for example, there were not, not many people with uh, the same type of experiences that I had. Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting to me. I remember talking to a kid once and I was like, Oh, you never had a fight. Oh, you never been in a fight before. That's weird. Like, like I thought that was like a normal, just for a little part of life. And they were like, no, no. Why would I be in a fight? What's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> that kind of thing. So you asked a kid that and he's never been in a fight. Yeah. Yeah. Th- th- that was a foreign concept to him. Uh, being in a fist fight. 
That was just a regular thing for me. I went to a middle school, actually, and literally, like, every week there was a fist fight. Yeah, you know, and and you you don't realize how not normal that is until you Mm -hmm. go to a place where that's not. Like, because that's all I knew was, like, people disrupting class and behavior issues and, and fights and problems and... You know, there was there was none of that when I got to the school I ended up going to. Mm-hmm. When when you were surrounded by the fist fights and the yelling and disruption of class, how were you able to deal with it? Um, I wasn't. <laughs> that was right. <laughs> you just kind of you know I try to ignore it, but one of the, one of the things that I had a really big problem when I got to high school, I was so dreadfully behind in math because the math classes were always like I was a smart kid but I, I just couldn't catch up man it was hard um that that's one of those things you know you you think you have you think you're smart and you get around people and you're like oh you know maybe there's some stuff I didn't I didn't mm-hmm. learn and I didn't get because because you know I didn't I didn't have that that education mm-hmm did you ever see yourself, hey, you know what, I'm going to college and I'm going to escape on this certain lifestyle? Yeah, yeah, you know, that that was always a plan for me. I, I figured that was my way out, you know, and, um, and I'm really happy that that I, I had the wherewithal to kind of put that plan in motion because a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. And... And I, I'd seen it with, with family and friends. You know, it's not it's not a guarantee that you're going to, you know, college is really easy to go to now, like super easy. It's not even, it doesn't really even mean anything if you don't, you don't study the right things. But uh, so, so for me, what was really important though, and, and I didn't know this then, but it was still a different environment though. I just wanted to be in a different environment that was like, what was important to me, like like supremely important, was to end up around different people in a different place and all that kind of thing. And and and, and when I say different, I don't mean the people I went to high school with. Those were people were fine. I mean where I lived, because I still lived in the hood. Like that didn't go away. You know, mm-hmm. that was still a big a big part of my um, identity and how I thought. Uh, but but I knew I needed to get away from it. I knew I didn't want to. I didn't want to have that as part of who I was. I knew that much. Okay, so you said you lived in the hood, but you always had a goal in mind to go to college and get a different lifestyle. What would you say is the best way to get out of that specific environment and achieve success in life? There are a lot of ways. I would. I don't know if I'd say one is any better or worse. I, I'd say the average person is not going to be good at basketball or sports mm-hmm. or, or performance because these are all things that can elevate you. I mean, traditionally, across all societies, you know, the ability to perform and entertain or or, or compete has always been one of those things that has elevated you what has changed recently is and in human history is that if you if you're if you can do a little hard work you know you can pull yourself out um by getting a good job or getting opportunities to study someplace 
but but really i don't know if i'd say there's any one way that's best depending on the person but i can say that you want to make sure you leave all options on the table and the and the quickest way to take options off the table is to get arrested uh, or to knock somebody up or have a kid. You know, you, you, you remove a lot and you set yourself back when you get involved with the law or you're reckless with, with your sexual decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and fortunately for me, you know, I didn't, I never had those issues and that probably left a lot of things on the table for me to help me uh, make progress in my life. While growing up, some people are very fortunate to be brought up in a very good family or environment. Some people are not. How true do you think it is for people who say that, hey, you have a choice? You know, everyone, everyone has the same amount of opportunity as other people do. How true do you believe that is and why? I think in our day and age now, with the internet and how easy it is to learn and connect with anyone i think that there is certainly i think it's never been easier with that said you know what you grew up around and what you know from birth is is very powerful i've seen uh you know like i i've i've had to come to the conclusion that how i've turned out I'm very much an anomaly in for for most of the people in my family from from everywhere from going to college to income to not being arrested. I mean, there's a lot, and and there's no it's not like I was raised in any any place different. You know, <laughs> uh, maybe where I went to high school was different, but even that is is not that different. Like it was a good school, but it wasn't a private school or anything like that. So so I can look at me in one of two ways. I can go okay. I'm some type of superhuman who just got super lucky or I made the right decisions and, and I was able to overcome my upbringing. I think that it's a little bit of both. And, and that first point of me, me, me bringing that, that, that scenario of me possibly in some type of like super anomaly freak is that you're no, no one else in my family in the same circumstance and a lot of people I know they don't, they have not done what um, is done. I've done. I know that there is a, a lot of power in how you're brought up and what you're brought up around. I know that like that, that's not going to uh, like, like no one will ever convince me that you, you just, it's all on you. Right. With that said, you know, I think that, we all and we we all come out with certain pluses and cons, certain advantages and disadvantages, and there are some disadvantages you have to work on, otherwise they're going to ruin you. And I think I recognize that at different points in my life, and and made the right kind of decision, put the right kind of work in, so that so that I could overcome the worst parts of my personality, the worst parts of my upbringing, a lot of my habits. Uh, I, I understand that while those were present, I still had to do the work to, to, to not have them be an issue, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I think, I think it's a little bit of both, man. And I think, and on top of that, I think it, it depends on the person. I always talk about 
the differences between my sister and I, we were raised under the same roof, but turned out uh, fairly differently. And I say that, you know, my mom got, got really, she, she, she got lucky and she got unlucky. She got lucky in the sense that I was first and I think you could have dropped me in, in a slum in India, and I'd have figured something out. I just like, like, cause, cause I've always been kind of figuring things out, and and really had this kind of sense about the world. Um, I think my sister needed more guidance, and so, and but she didn't get it because you know my, my mom was was not that great at this kind of thing. But but it's not really her fault. You get two different kids, and and one kind of sets the tone for the other, and you look and go, okay, this one figured it out. This one will hopefully figure it out too, and it's not that way. So, so I mean, I've just seen too much to know that it's it's a complicated answer. But I think they both have a a role, and that role depends on the person. And I really do believe I, I say this all the time. It all starts with the decision. You know, you can be doing. Suppose you have a goal in mind, and you going after that goal. And you're not achieving that goal. But for me, I think there's a mental barrier that people have that they really haven't decided that they're going to achieve that goal. And that's why they keep trying to uh, pursue that goal and then they don't achieve. But as soon as you decide that you're going to do whatever it takes, you break that mental barrier and say, you know what? I'm capable of doing this. For example, I mean, G. Bryant, the guy I interviewed, uh, he was born and raised in Philly. Um, and he was at a point where he almost got arrested, killed. He had, you know, friends um, getting killed and arrested. So he made a decision to move to Atlanta. He made a decision yeah. to be successful. Um, and, of course, it wasn't that easy. There were so many different aspects and barriers in his way. But at a time, it all starts with a decision that you're going to make something of your life. And once you make that decision – that's probably the hardest part and everything else will slowly come your way through the law of attraction because now you're seeking out that particular goal or you trying to overcome that specific challenge. Yeah. I 100% agree The and, and, you know, the, the like keystone decisions you make one and it's, and then that one makes another one kind of show up. And, and, and more importantly, it eliminates a whole host of other bad decisions you could have made. And so you don't even get close to risking things. And that, that's a, a good way to look at it. Like I look at it when I talk about my decision to stop drinking. Uh, when I did that, uh, I eliminated a whole slew of other decisions that will put me in a bad spot because they would all stem from alcohol. Mm -hmm. So once I I got that under control, 99% of any bad decisions I could make, they were kind of eliminated because I recognized that they were all made under the influence. So I took care of that one key habit. And it Mm -hmm. sounds like what, what the guy did is he recognized that the greatest risk to his future was being where he was at. Mm-hmm. And so and, by changing that location, he eliminated a whole slew of other negative things that could occur because they were all going to be based on his location. So by changing that one thing, you just dramatically increase your chances of success when you recognize that one thing you need to change. 
Yeah, I know on your Twitter you talk about sometimes you talk about overcoming your alcohol addiction. Um, but when when did that start? Did that start in high school or did that start post? No, no. You know what's funny? I actually, I don't, I don't think I. No, I didn't have my first drink till I was like eighteen. I, you know, nah, I wasn't one of those kids, man. But but as as, as I grew, you know, you. One of, one of one of the hallmarks of my personality is this is not really a middle switch. Uh, that you know, for better or worse, I really think one of the things that's, that's helped me so far is is the better and really taking it to be the better part and using it. But when it was the worse, when I was you know the, the alcohol is where that came in. So you know, it it really became the focus of a lot of my activities and my decisions, and then I didn't like how it how it made me behave and everything. And I just had to accept that I don't have a good relationship with it. And I need to eliminate that. Mm-hmm. Eliminate it. You know, otherwise, you know, it's going to be like, it's going to be like trying to run in one direction towards the finish line, but always having something pulling you. You might make it, but what the reality is you're going to be so exhausted from fighting, you're going to mess up and collapse. And I, I didn't want that to happen. I, I I think my I'm so grateful every day that it never got as bad as it could have because I was smart enough to to step away. Mm-hmm. And now you're going off to college at 18, right? You went off to college at 18. Uh, yeah, I, my first attempt at college was 18. It wasn't uh-huh. wasn't wasn't ready. <laughs> why Why do you think? Um, college wasn't for you back then. Um, you know, I didn't know why I was there. I just it just seemed like the natural conclusion or natural continuation. There was nothing that really made me want to to be there. And on top of that, I didn't have the emotional maturity whatsoever. I I fell in real quick to to the drinking and party culture and didn't really do and didn't do any work. It was it was more. It, I wasn't there for the right reasons when I first went. Mm-hmm. And how can someone pre- how can someone prepare themselves to go to college if they go at the age of eighteen? Because a lot of people go to college, including myself. I honestly didn't really know what I wanted to do until I graduated college, which is yeah. weird because I kind of just I, you know high school, middle school, I got straight A's all the time. When college came along, I actually had my worst grades. And how can someone prepare themselves? At the age of 18, because there's going to be all this partying and drugs going around to be successful in college and set them up to be successful for the rest of their life. Um, I first, man, I say don't go when you're 18. We got we have so much research now that that points to something that we we've, we've kind of suspected, uh, but now we know for sure. And that's the prefrontal cortex that, you know, that part of your brain, that makes you kind of go, this is a bad idea and have some discipline and all that and control and, and future planning that does not finish fully forming until you're like 25. So like your mind can and likely will change about what you want to be and what you want to do at many points along the way and on top of that the way society is structured it's not really going to bolster your best qualities and you're going to take the easy way out and a lot of things i think the kids should wait man go do something go be somebody go go get some experience in life and then go to college college is not the end-all be-all and then they've done a really good job of selling people on the fact that it is 
So once you once you realize that that is not the case, try. You know, one of the things I wish I had done, man. Um, I was I was a fortunate situation. Well, for an unfortunate reason, my father died, and I got a bunch of life insurance money. I wish I had gone and traveled and learned another language or something, some other place, and and just really, uh, I'd have I would have been ahead in experiences in life, and and I just I wasted. Because you know, no one teaches you these things, mm-hmm. you know. But but it's all good now because because now I'm making making great use of my time here on this planet. But but I, I just I think eighteen is too early, man. I think I mean, I mean unless you like for whatever reason really know, go go learn and live, man. Four years and all that money, they they're never gonna be like, don't pay to come. You're too old. But like, no, nah, come on in. So so take your time and figure out what the best way is to enter the profession and, or enter into universities if that's for you. And that's what you did at 29. You went back to study physics. Yeah. Yeah. But how did you get into boxing? How did uh, that- you know, I was wasting a lot of time after I dropped out of college and I, and then when I, when I was 18 and I said, you know what, I need to do something uh, in my life. I wasn't doing anything. And, Boxing was like that thing. I said, "Okay, I can do this. I'm gonna try this out. Let me get some sweat equity somewhere." So I went and put in some self sweat equity and really started to learn and become somebody. Because boxing changed me. Really, really, really helped me grow into a better person. Mm-hmm. Um, really happy for the, my experiences with the sport. But that's how I ended up there. I need. I mean, I felt like I didn't have any sweat equity anywhere in life what are some of the lessons you learned while in boxing that you wish you applied early on in life i you know i i really learned about first of all my mindset shifted from from fixed to growth i really became convinced that i could learn uh anything and that's part of uh, that's a big reason why i was able to go to college uh successfully when i when i did that I was convinced that I could learn anything. I, I learned that if you just put your mind to it and work, you can you can push through quite a bit of, of difficulty. It was really also good for my ability to kind of work with people and make friendships and, and get people to be willing to spend money and invest uh, in me and come come and see things uh, that I would do. Because, you know, remember a person, at least for where I live, um, yeah, to drive like an hour to come come watch a fight. You know, people gotta like you. You know, you can't just be an a hole. So I learned uh, really how to, to sell and put myself out there, but but still be nice and not be a pushover. You know, and that's really important. If you can make people like you, man, you're gonna go really far in life. I think mm-hmm. that. Why did you stop? Um, you know, so so I, I, when I got injured, well, when I lost, and then I took I took some time off, and then I was coming back. Uh, I took a year off to go really, you know, finish the hardest part of my degree, and and then I came back and I was training and got injured during training, and and some things changed. Um, you know, it was funny. I can always tell if someone's ever fought because <laughs> fighters never ask why'd you stop. Like they they take one look at my life and go, I get it. Because boxing is not boxing's a way out of right, but it is a miserable life. It is hard and it's painful and it and you're injured and you're hurt all the time and it's rough and you gotta fight and there's not much money at all. 
I, I make way more money writing and doing the internet than I than I ever would make fighting. You know, it's to the point now where I realistically make more than I'd make uh, if I was a top contender, short of being a champion. Uh, it's not worth it, and to get there, it's so hard because everyone wants it. it there, there's one champion, and everyone wants to get there, and it's it's very difficult. And these, these a lot of these guys are hungry and want it more. And then I'm not that big for the weight class that I was in. That was another big thing. I said, how far can I realistically go versus the time and effort that I'm going to put in and the opportunity cost? And I said, you know what? I gave this sport, you know, 12, 12 good years of my life, and it changed me and it set me up for a lot of opportunities. But but now I can sit and put together a program, put it out there because I built this cloud up and, and make 10 times what I'd make in a fight. Why would I put myself through that? No, I, like I just don't have to. I, I can, I can stay in shape and be healthy other ways, and actually be healthy, not you know taking punches. So boxing's a rough life, man. It, like, our guys stick around uh, because they kind of have to. Now, there's not a lot of guys who can just leave and go do something else. Uh, kind of the way I have. A lot of guys stay in way longer than they should. Mm-hmm. And so now at 29, you go back to college for physics. Yeah. Correct. Uh, yep. And what's the story behind that? Well, well I originally wasn't going to go for physics. I was originally going to go for math, and I, and I chose something with math because I, I, when I looked at the jobs that paid the most, they all had math involved. So I said, okay, let me figure out math. And Because I went back because I, I felt like I needed some career options. I didn't have those. Uh, well, so I went and, and, you know, I was going to do math and I enlisted in the army so I could get money for school. And then in the army, I ended up, but my MOS was, was a land combat electrician or something like that. But, but that forced me to take a lot of electronic theory and things like that. So I said, you know what I want to do? I want to be an electrical engineer. So I was going to become an electrical engineer. I started taking the classes for that. And as, as part of that you have to take physics and when I took physics I said ah oh, this is what I really want to do this is interesting to me I like this uh I went in and took that path and I was I was actually doing a double major I was doing engineering electrical engineering and physics and then I was like you know I really like this I like this physics thing a lot more plus I'm trying to get out of school because now I'm making money online I'm like so I I, I dropped the the electrical engineer part and just went and did physics. Okay, so you were actually building your brand while you were still in college. And, and you know, and still fighting, man. And I, mean, I was doing a lot at the wow. same time. I had to because cause I felt like I had wasted so much time. I needed to pull the rubber band in the other direction and it snapped so far one way and I was like, okay, I got to get on this. I got to fix a lot of my life. You now, I think, have over a hundred thousand followers on Twitter. How did you get involved with that? I said, okay, here's a thing I can that'll probably help me grow my website, and I can uh-huh. reach out and communicate. I had no idea what turned into what it is now, which is which is this great tool for talking and communicating and and making a living and and connecting it's it's great i mean and and you know people see you know oh you have all these followers and that is a direct result of how i interact with people a lot of the lessons uh i learned 
from boxing you just you just apply it to to, mm. box, to, to the internet and go oh gotcha you know this, this is how we can work on to interact with people here <laughs> yeah but what can what can a high school student do you know whether they are in a good situation or a bad situation whether they need a way out for you your brand you know was you love doing it. You're making a lot of money doing it. Eventually, over time, while you were still in college, while you're still boxing, but you enjoy what you do. How can someone start their brand now from what they have, or if they don't have a lot of money and resources? Oh, you mean like the way I started mine? Uh, <laughs> no money and resources there. No, you just got to go do something, man. The, the 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 benefit of being a millennial is we're the last generation where. There was there was no social media when we were growing up, mm-hmm. right? There was everything was MySpace. Yeah, you know MySpace didn't. When did MySpace? I think I was twenty. The last MySpace I remember having been it was like twenty two, right? Mm-hmm. It was like after I like there was the, the, the that just wasn't there, right? And that meant that everything you were doing, you know, you were doing it for you, man, and you knew you had to be big if you wanted someone to notice you and take notice. So a lot of my life and, and stories, you know, it wasn't ever to really end up on social media per se. It was just to, because I was trying to find a way out, trying to make moves, trying to improve. Okay. Uh, it, it, people think you, you go start a personal brand. I said, like, no, nah, man, you go, go do something in the, in the world. And then you talk about it and you kind of build a life and a, and a bit of expertise around that. That's powerful. Because a lot of people are trying to, you know, I'm glad you said that because a lot of people are trying to build a personal brand, but your your personal brand is so successful because of what you have gone through. Yes, that's the key. Like, like if the that that's the the secret sauce, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there I'm no one special in the sense that that like I know something unique. I mean, I know a little bit. But, like, the main thing is that I have a, a life. I have a set of things. People can go look me up. You know, it's not like it's not like I'm a nobody. There's nothing there, you know. You have a new book out, correct? What's the book called? Uh, your new book is my, – my newest book is Sober Letters to My Drunken Self. That, mm-hmm. But I released that in 2018, and I have some e-books – about growing on Twitter um, and writing, uh-huh. but uh, the, and then my original one was not caring what other people think is a superpower. Uh, the insights from a heavyweight boxer. I'm actually redoing that one because because uh, you know when I when I made it, you know, talk about resources and everything. I had I mean no no editing, no help, no nothing. I couldn't afford any of that. Uh, but that's the thing, you know, you go, you, you start and you make moves and, and, and keep making progress. And, and that's what I did. And, and I had, had a pretty good run of success with it. Thank goodness. That is, that's where we're at now. Um, those are the, the books I've kind of, re- I haven't released any, anything super new in the, in the past few months, but, but hopefully new, the, the production value will, will be, be increased soon. And but you you also have a book why you should stop caring about what other people think of you correct? Uh yeah, uh, not caring what other people think is a superpower. Insights from a heavyweight boxer. While you were going through 
all these different things. You're going to a new high school. Um, you went to college, but then you kind of dropped out of college, um, joined the army, went back to college, building a personal brand. A lot of times other people, including our friends and family, are going to put their judgment on you on what you should and shouldn't do. How do you block that out? Uh, you, rem- you remember the facts, man. You got to live your life. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't worry about anyone from, from friends, family, what they think, uh, because I have to live my life and make sure I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, now, now, the more you're in my sphere of, of, of responsibility, the more I care what you think. Um, like, like, I mean, I, I care a little what my, what my girl thinks because, you know, she, she lives with me and, and is associated with me. So she probably, uh, she'll be affected if I do some crazy, but I also understand that, that a lot of times I'm, I have to be, I think of myself as a leader. And when you do that, you make decisions like a leader and making decisions like a leader means, you know, you, you can't worry about whether it's popular or not. When you're leading yourself, you're making those decisions based on, what is best for you because you're leading you. you know, and when you have kids, that then becomes a little different. But but when I'm talking about that kind of decision, we're talking about the things, we're talking about, you know, dealing with things that, that are going to uh, stifle your expression of self or, or chasing who you want to be and what you want to do. That is that the, the the way you you get to that point is you you just remember man your your parents are going to die before you and even if they don't you got to live your life your friends ain't got to live your life you're the one that has to to be alive that's one of the things i i really i realized uh that that helped me get sober is i was like yo man um this is this is my life i'm the one that's going to be here you're in the driver's seat yeah, you know, so I don't really care what you think because at the end of the day, I have to live with everything I've done mm-hmm. and, you know, the consequences and the benefits. You, you, you take that attitude, it becomes very easy. Mm-hmm. And, and the last couple of questions, what, um, second last question is, what what is one action step someone could do right now to have a better life? Get in shape. Get in shape. You you know, physical training is even is is more about what it does to your mind than what it does to your body. If you if you can make yourself, uh, re, you know, if you can reduce your caloric intake and make sure you're, you're training and everything, you you've demonstrated that you have control and discipline over your base instincts and your base appetites. That can take you so far because a lot of what gets people in trouble. Is they they give in to temptation one way or the other, whether that be uh, dealing with another person or dealing with themselves. If you can control yourself, you have a much greater chance of affecting changing your world. Mm-hmm. And so that is why that is like super duper, super duper um, important to me. I just go, okay, let me make sure my body is correct because when I feel, and then when you feel, when you you look better and you feel, you know, you feel better and it makes you perform better and you have more confidence in yourself and you show that you can change a thing. You know, be a lot of people coming to this world with a fixed mindset, but physical training is, is one of the few things, if not the only thing that you can 
do and see a real result that's going to have a long-term impact on you. A lot of things you can do in the short term that are not going to last long, but but if we get your body fat low and you put some muscle on, that's going to make a really big difference immediately in how the world uh, interacts with you. And it's it's crazy you say that because I went to a Tony Robbins seminar in Miami with 13,000, 14,000 people, and he talks about this story how he was living at a 400-square-foot apartment he was um, obese, uh, well, not obese, but overweight, 20 pounds overweight, and he didn't have any money. He had eviction notices. And the first thing he did was he just kept running. He said, you know what, I'm going to get my body in shape because that's one thing I do have control over. And then once he did that, that's how he started gaining control over other, yep. gaining control over the other aspects of his life, like his bank account, like being able to pay rent, his seminars, everything else. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And one last question. I end, end every interview with this question. What does resiliency mean to you? Uh, you know, the, the ability to persist in the, uh, against uh, obstacles or in the face of uncertainty towards something that you want, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you, if you know, like if you get, and more importantly, I think then in the face of uncertainty is like a legitimate setback. If you get hit with a legitimate setback or failure, you get hurt, injured, whatever, sidetrack. Uh, they really go, okay, this is just the temper. This is a small minimum. It's not the absolute minimum. You know, they, they, you're going to be able to continue and push forward, but you got to, you have to stare to stay the course, you know? Mm-hmm. Great, uh, great meaning. Um, you know, Teenage Impact is built off of resiliency. That's why I've done over 55 interviews of people who overcame struggles and were resilient enough to overcome them, overcome all odds, and become successful like yourself. So thank you so much for doing this interview. Ed, where can people find you? Yeah, I got everything under Ed Lattimore. Ed Lattimore is my Twitter. Ed Lattimore is my Instagram. EdLattimore.com is my website. Uh, and and Ed Lattimore is my Facebook, you know. Mm-hmm. So come on through and join his email list. I'm on his email list too. Oh, nice! Yeah, and the email <laughs> list you sign up for right on the website. So there's that. Awesome, man! Thank you so much, brother, for doing this. Hope you have a good rest of your weekend. Hey, you too, man. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Teenage Impact Podcast. Today we did an interview with Ed Lattimore, and I wanted to just do one quick takeaway from interviewing him. The reason why he has a successful brand is because he experienced life. He went out there and tried different activities. He saw what he was good at, what he wasn't good at, what he loved to do, and what he didn't love to do. When he went to college at the age of 18, where they, I know a lot of people try to push you to go to college at the age of 18, but a lot of people are not mentally ready. What he recommends you doing is to try a lot of different things. Go experience life. Go travel. Go be mentored by some other people. Go try activities that you have never tried before. Because soon enough, after experimenting so many different things, you're going to soon realize what you want to do for the rest of your life. You can't expect you know what you want to do for the rest of your life at 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. You're not ready. You haven't experimented and tried a lot of different things. And that is what I want you to really take away from listening to this podcast because you can be successful with limited resources and not a lot of money, just like Ed Lattimore did. If he can do it, so can you. Thank you for tuning in to the Teenage Impact Podcast. If you haven't done so already, follow me on Instagram at Shloma Salson. 
my Instagram handle name is in the description. And if you want that 50% discount from my powerful, effective, life-changing online course, Building Resilience 101, uh, message me on Instagram at Shlomo Solson. The discount, 50% discount is effective until the end of May. So until next time, peace.